Welcome back, friends. Bill Creasy here with Monday's episode of Scripture Uncovered. Hey, we left off on Friday with David and Saul at the caves of En Gedi. David was on the run. He had 600 tough mercenaries working for him. And Saul learned that David's hideout was at En Gedi on the west side of the Dead Sea, a box canyon with a wide open mouth that narrowed toward the back to a waterfall in the back. Saul took his 3,000 men and was after David. He entered that canyon and was about to sweep the canyon and trap David's men at the back, but he had to take a dump. So he went into the cave, a limestone cave, where David and some of his men were hiding. And Saul turned his back to the back of the cave and took care of business. David's men told him, Now is your chance. Kill Saul. But David would not do it. Oh, he said, I would not kill an anointed king of God. And that's probably true. But when David publicly confronted Saul in front of Saul's men, Saul's 3,000 chosen men were thinking, I'm working for the wrong guy. Saul, humiliated, turns and leaves, and David and his men went back up into the stronghold. Now we move on in our story. We read in 1 Samuel 25. Now Samuel died, and all Israel assembled and mourned for him, and they buried him at his home in Ramah. That's a sad verse of scripture. Remember at the beginning of 1 Samuel chapter 1, the birth of little Samuel? Well, now, 25 chapters later, he's an old man. He dies and he's buried at Ramah. David lost a friend, a supporter. So David moved down into the desert of Maon. Now, a certain man in Maon who had property there at Carmel was very wealthy. He had a thousand goats and three thousand sheep, which he was shearing in Carmel. His name was Nabal, and his wife's name was Abigail. Oh, I just love this story of David and Abigail, and her husband, Nabal, whose name means fool. But she was an intelligent and beautiful woman. Her husband, a Calebite, was surly and mean in his dealings. A Calebite, a descendant of Caleb from the Exodus, one of the men who brought back a positive report, Joshua and Caleb, the only two, Joshua and Caleb, who lived to cross the Jordan River into the land of Canaan. The Caleb means dog. So <laughs> Nabal the fool was surly and a Calebite, a dog. Well, while David was in the desert, he heard that Nabal was shearing sheep. So he sent ten young men and said to them, Go up to Nabal at Carmel and greet him in my name. Say to him, Long life to you, my friend, good health to you and your household, and good health to all that is yours. Now, I hear that it's sheep shearing time. 
And when your shepherds were with us, we did not mistreat them. And the whole time they were at Carmel, nothing of theirs went missing. In fact, David and his 600 men looked after those shepherds, looked after the sheep, made sure that nothing would happen. So, ask your servants. They'll tell you. Therefore, because we did take care of your shepherds and your sheep and your property, be favorable toward my young men since we've come at a festive time. Please give your servants and your son David whatever you can find for them. It was sheep shearing time, a time when all the money rolled in selling the wool. Now when David's men arrived, they gave Nabal this message in David's name, and they waited. You know, I hate to say it, but it does sound to me like a shakedown. You know, I, I think of Godfather too. You know, and uh, we'll take care of you. We'll take care of your shop, lest anything happen to it. And of course, we'd like a little, a little payment in return. Well, that's David and his men. But Nabal answered David's servants. Who, who is this, this David? Who's this son of Jesse? Never heard of the guy. What? Why should I take my bread and water, my meat that I've slaughtered from my shears and give it to men coming here from who knows where? You know, many servants are breaking away from their masters these days. I don't know who this guy is. He's not going to shake me down. David's men turned around, they went back. And when they arrived, they reported every word. David said to his men, Oh, his face was turning red. His eyes were burning. Put on your swords. So they put on their swords and David put on his. About 400 men went up with David, while 200 stayed with the supplies. Now, one of the servants told Nabal's wife, Abigail, David sent messengers from the desert to give our master his greetings. But he hurled insults at them. Yet, these men were indeed very good to us, and the whole time we were out in the fields near them, nothing went missing. Night and day, they were a wall around us all the time we were herding our sheep near them. They did, in fact, protect us. Now, think it over and see what you can do because disaster is hanging over our master and his whole household. He is such a wicked man that no one can talk to him. David is coming to see Nabal. David had a reputation. David was young, he was handsome, he was the guy who killed Goliath, single-handedly. He was the one the women sang about. Saul has slain his thousands, David his tens of thousands. He was a dashing, romantic figure. A young Che Guevara, uh, a Zorro. And he's coming to see Nabal. Well, of course, Abigail had heard all about David, who didn't, after all. 
And Abigail lost no time. She took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five dressed sheep, five seers of roasted grain, a hundred cakes of raisin, and 200 cakes of pressed figs, and loaded them on donkeys. Then she told her servants, Go on ahead, I'll follow you. But she did not tell her husband, Nabal. Wisely so, I must say. Now, as she came riding her donkey into a mountain ravine, there were David and his men descending toward her, and she met them. Now, can you picture the scene? Here she is with all these donkeys loaded with supplies behind her. She's leading the way, sitting side saddle on a donkey. And Abigail is quite beautiful. And she's coming up the ravine, up through the ravine, and David and his men, 400 of them, are coming down the other side. David's leading them. And they see each other. And their eyes meet. And David had just said, it's been useless. All my watching over this fellow's property in the desert so nothing went missing. He has paid me back evil for good. And may God deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by morning I leave alive one single male who belongs to him. David was going to go to Nabal's and slaughter everyone there. He is really hot under the collar. But when Abigail saw David, oh, I can just hear the music playing in the background. She quickly got off her donkey, bowed down before David with her face to the ground. She fell at his feet and said, My Lord, let the blame be on me alone. Please let your servant speak to you. Hear what your servant has to say. Let me, my Lord, pay no attention to that wicked man, Nabal. He's just like his name. His name is Fool, and folly goes with him. As for me, your servant, I did not see the men my master sent. David is seated upon his beautiful horse, a young, handsome warrior. And he's watching her. And can you hear the music in the background? Now she says, Since the Lord has kept you, my master, from bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hands, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, may your enemies and all who intend to harm my master be like Nabal. And let this gift, which your servant has brought to my master, be given to the men who follow you. Please, forgive your servant's offense. For the Lord will certainly make a lasting dynasty for my master because he fights the Lord's battles. She sees him as a rising young warrior in line for the kingship, as did many in Israel. She continues, Let no wrongdoing be found in you as long as you live. Even though someone is pursuing you to take your life, the life of my master will be bound securely in the bundle of the living by the Lord your God. But the lives of your enemies, he'll hurl away as from the pocket of a sling. Well, David knew about that. He killed Goliath with a sling. 
When the Lord has done for my master every good thing he promised concerning him and has appointed him leader over Israel, my master, that is you, David, not Nabal, will not have on his conscience the staggering burden of needless bloodshed or of having avenged himself. Because David was going there for vengeance. He was insulted and he was going to take off heads in payment. When the Lord has brought my master success, please remember me. And she looks toward the ground, casting her eyes upward at David, extending her hands to him. And David said to Abigail, smiling, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you today to meet me. May you be blessed for your good judgment and for keeping me from bloodshed and from avenging myself with my own hands, for spilling blood in your household. Otherwise, as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, who has kept me from harming you, if you had not come quickly to meet me, not one male belonging to Nabal would have been left alive by daybreak. You saved me from the burden of slaughtering all your family. Then David accepted from her hand what she had brought him and said, Go home in peace. I've heard your words and granted your request. Well, Abigail went to Nabal. He was in the house holding a banquet like that of a king. He was in high spirits and very drunk. Just a nasty old man. So she told him nothing until daybreak. Then in the morning, when Nabal was sober with a, a splitting headache, when she told him all these things, he had a heart attack and dropped to the ground. He became like a stone. His heart failed him. He became like a stone. And about 10 days later, he died. Well, when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, oh, that is so sad. No, he said, praise be to the Lord <laughs> who has upheld my cause against Nabal for treating me with contempt and has kept his servant from doing wrong and has brought Nabal's wrongdoing down on his own head. Thank you, Lord. I appreciate that. Then David sent word to Abigail. David had been thinking about Abigail these entire 10 days. He sent word to her, asking her to become his wife. His servants went to Carmel and said to Abigail, David has sent us to you to take you to become his wife. Well, her husband had just died. He's not even cold yet. But she bowed down with her face to the ground and said, here is your maidservant ready to serve you and wash the feet of my master's servants. Wait just one moment. I'll be packed in 10 minutes. Abigail quickly got on a donkey and attended by her five maids, went with David's messengers and became his wife. Now, David had also married Ahinoam of Jezreel and they were both his wives. But Saul had given his daughter Michal, David's wife, to Patel, 
son of Lachish, who was from Galim. Now, did you catch that? David was married to Saul's daughter, Michal. That was a reward for killing Goliath. Great wealth, a king's daughter, and no taxes. But Saul gave her to someone else. There'll be consequences to that later in our story. Well, the Ziphites. The Ziphites went to Saul at Gibeah, and they said, Is not David hiding on the hill of Hakela, which faces Yeshimon? So Saul went down to the desert of Ziph with 3,000 chosen men of Israel to search there for David. Oh, here we go again. Are we going to repeat this? Oh, wait until you see what happens on Wednesday. We're right at the end here. A little short lesson this time, but uh, Wednesday we'll be right back and we'll have David encounter Saul once again. This is a great story. Thank you for being here. Keep me in your prayers as I keep you in mind. And I'll be back with you in a couple of days. Bye-bye now.